Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 35. Jesus said to the Pharisees, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Good people bring good things out of the good stored up in them, and evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in them. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea or this subject if you're taking notes. Soul care, part two. Soul care, part two. Come on, would you pray with me? Dear King, I exalt you, and I thank you, Lord God, for this entire moment that we have to be in your presence. Lord, speak to us, Lord. Speak through me. Allow for these words, Lord God, not to fall, Lord Jesus, on, on ground that's dry, that's hard, Lord, that will be choked out by the sun, or by the thorns, Lord God, or, or scorched up by the sun, or by, by the thorns, Lord God, or, or Father, that the birds will not come and snatch it out of the air. But Father, I pray, Lord, that I speak and that these words will fall on fallow ground, Lord, that will produce 30, 60, 100-fold, Lord. Let it be your words and not my words, Lord. John 3.30, let me decrease as you increase, dear King. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Help us, Lord God, to find care and find health for our soul. It's in your beautiful name that we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. As we continue this study or this thought, that for us to live a big life, our interior, our inner man, our soul needs to be cared for and it needs to be healthy. We, we landed in this thought of having our healing, our hurts healed. Here's what I want you to write. Point number one, if you're taking notes, um, it, it, we have hurts inside of us. We have things that have hurt us and they have created wounds inside of us. And my desire, my hope is that I would explain it to you in such a way that you would be able to grab these things, bring them to God and have them healed. Here's what I believe. Uh, as we read, um, we and we've read in the past and we've studied in the past, but the book Soul Care by Rob Reimer, he breaks down these seven transformational truths. And one of them that we're talking about, the fifth one that we're talking about today, it moves into every single one of them and it applies to every single one of them. So I'm not going to break and sit here. I can take an entire service and understand unpack these. I'm going to give you what I've seen in here to be able to help you to break these things. But my desire, my hope, go grab the book. I'm going to start a series on this thing later on in this year because I believe that our interior man is important. At Greater Church, we exist to help you know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose, and to make a difference. That find freedom, I believe, is one of the things that we strive for here at Greater. We've created G groups that are just about to start here at the top of February. In fact, one of our G groups is going to be completely dedicated to soul care. And we're going to take week after week to be able to help you to deal with some of the stuff that you have inside of you so that you can get healthy and live a big life. So our system, our thoughts, the way that we created this church is to be able to help you not just acrylically not just put lipstick on you and give you some perfume no we want to be able to get into the deep parts and allow for God to heal those as a matter of fact my, my beautiful wife um, and I feel like I've been talking a whole bunch about you over the last two weeks that's because we've been spending so much time together I love you I love you boo my wife when she was little um, she was at Ross Marshall's at Payless y'all remember Payless <laughs> That doesn't even exist anymore. I don't think so anymore. Like Birdines. She was at Payless and she was walking around trying shoes on. So she didn't have no shoes on. And unfortunately, while she was walking around, she stepped out of all things on a toothpick. I, I mean, like, like a toothpick. 
And she felt the pain in her foot, but she got scared because she's not supposed to be playing around. So she was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get in trouble. Let me not say nothing. So over the next few days, she just kept walking and she was able to pull, obviously, that toothpick out. Um, and she was walking and, you know, over the next few days, just hanging out. But she started to notice that, man, that my, my foot is in more and more pain. And as she began to walk, she started feeling this sensation and it, it just hurt her so much. But she didn't want to tell anybody because she didn't want to get in trouble because she wasn't supposed to be walking around barefooted and she thought oh my god I'm gonna get in trouble so she kept bearing with this pain it got to the point where it was unbearable she couldn't even walk so instead of telling anybody she goes and she begins to pick at this thing and as she begins to pick at it she gets a piece of the actual tooth toothpick that comes out of her and instantly she gets relief and she feels it and it's like oh my gosh I feel so much better in that moment she was like oh my god I don't want to tell anybody but here's what happens as she began to tell me this story I see so much of it in our own personal life you may not have been walking around payless shoes barefooted and stepped on somebody nasty toothpick that they had in their mouth but there are things that have happened to you they have actually been ingrained in you they have actually hurt you in such a way where a little bit of blood has come out a lot of your passion has come out. A lot of your dreams have come out and it's been replaced with this pain. And for some of us, we've gotten into this space where we're so paralyzed, we feel that we can't even move forward in life because we have this deep-seated wound that's inside of us that we have not allowed to heal. And life, God, the way that he intricately works it out, especially being at Greater Church, is that God is going to pick at those areas and he's going to start touching those areas and create that hurt, bring that, not create that hurt, but use that hurt for you to find healing. So all of a sudden you're like, yo, why am I feeling this again? Because that person did that. Now I'm getting, now I feel your rejection from this person i'm getting ahead of myself but what god wants to do is that he wants to be that person that you call on not out of fear not um, i don't want to get in trouble no no no. god is the person that you can come to and say i have a wound i have an issue and i need you to go into my soul and i need you to pull this thing out the way that we do this is that i believe there are three different ways that we do this but number one you have to understand that god is a healer that God is the one that you want to take this to because God can actually heal you. He's not going to get mad at you. He's not going to disrespect you or hate you. No, he's going to actually heal you. What happens is that for so long, we take our issues, our pain, our hurts, and our wounds, and we don't take them to God. No, we say, God, I, I, I ask you to forgive me of my mistakes. Forgive me of the things that I've done wrong. But very, very rarely do we say the things that people have done to me, I feel it, and I need you to heal me, Lord. Very rarely do we do those type of things very rarely do we walk in the maturity to be able to expose our pain and say God take this out I don't want to deal with this anymore what happens is that we begin to take our hurts and our pains and we begin to numb them through alcohol and instead of bringing the pain to God and bringing the hurt to him we try to numb it and we try to take it away we bring it to drugs we bring it to people some of us we bring it to food we bring it to video games we find ourselves so lost in the moment just I don't want to feel this pain no more when in reality you have to bring this thing to God I want you to hear this line God cares so much more about you than what is wrong with you it's God the one that's going to heal you yo I'm not taking my car if it has a engine issue I'm not taking my car to Chick-fil-a I don't care how much our pleasure and how much they chase me down to give me my Polynesian sauce. That Polynesian sauce is not going to work inside of my transmission. I have to take that car to a mechanic. You have to take your wounds to Jesus. You have to take your hurts, your pains to God. 
I believe that not only does God heal, and you have to understand that when you're dealing with this pain, but you need to push this thing out. You need to get this hurt out and you need to bring it before God. Number one, you have to understand that he heals. But number two, you actually have to take it to God. Like it's a process to be able to take it to God. Here's Theology 101, according to Rob Reimer. God is smart and he knows stuff that we don't know. And he likes to tell us. There are things that in your mind you have, you've put them in the back burner for so long that whenever you begin to think, I don't want to think about that. No, I can't deal with that right now. I don't want to, I can't, I don't want to think about that right now. And you will continue to move through life and it will be a day, a month, a week, a year, 10 years that that one thing has become that little thing that's in the back of the recesses of your brain and your mind and your soul. And it has this little splinter has gone so far in there that it's actually become a part of your life. And all of a sudden now God brings this black Cuban to start exposing it. And he's digging inside of it because he wants you to feel that pain. That's why you're thinking about what that wound was. That time that he walked away from you. The time that you lost that. The time that that person didn't come back. The time that that pain engulfed you in such a way that it hurt you and it broke you. We tend to do a few things. Number one, we tend to put up a wall. I don't want nobody else to get in this wall. I don't want nobody else to get in here. So we tend to put up this wall and then we can't even get in there our own selves to be able to mine these things out. So what happens is that we start trucking through life trying to figure this thing out. But God is smart. And if you can sit back and actually say, God, here I am. Here is this painful moment. And God, I need you to help me with this moment. Lord, I need you to open up my heart and I need you to, I need you to take this moment. And sometimes you got to think about it. You got to go back to it. You got to process it. I'm going to talk about it in a second. But you got to think about that moment. Stop putting it in the back burner. I don't want to think about that. No, God, I want to think about it. This is what happened to me. And Lord, I need you to help me. I, I believe that God is a healer. I believe that he knows some things and that we should be taking it to God. Open up your heart and begin to talk to God about that. But I also believe that it, you have to have these moments where not only do you think about these moments, but you invite God into these moments to heal them. And I've seen it work in such a beautiful way. I remember that it was a... A couple of years ago, oh my God, a few years ago now that me and my mom were driving up from Miami, Florida, one of the hurricanes that went down there and me and Mima were driving and I remember that she was having a conversation with me and I was just trying to learn about my family and um, trying to understand stuff and as a matter of fact, I remember that I was reading Soul Care and one of the things that he tells you to do is have these conversations with the matriarchs, patriarchs of your family and get some information about your life because if you can start going back, then you can start seeing not only family sin patterns, but you can begin to see family gene genealogy, uh, uh, generational curses you can begin to see things and start attacking them through prayer bringing those things to God one of the things that she told me was that her and her dad had a really bad relationship and I was trying to understand it and she could just tell me negative things about him and I said Mima stop for a second I said I want you to just tell me one good memory about him because for the last hour all you talked about is how bad this guy was and she said I'm gonna give you a good one she said I was 13 I was 12 years old I was about to turn 13 for an entire year I began to go out and take people's garbage clean people people's houses. I did everything to save money to have my own birthday party. Um, for those of you that understand the regimen and understand um, where politically uh, Cuba is, you don't make money in Cuba. And my mom was doing everything that she can to create a birthday party for herself. 
And when she did this, she brought the money to her dad on her birthday. And she said, it's my birthday. I'm ready to buy these things. Let's, we're going to have a party. And her dad told her, we're not having a party. Um, your, your nephew was actually born. My sister had the baby. We're going to the hospital. And she said, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm having my birthday. I've been planning this. I've invited people. I've saved money. He said, we're not going there. We're going to the hospital. Where it got to the point where it got heated um, to the point that he actually laid his hands on my mom. And he actually hit her in such a way that the neighbor actually came out and were like yo what happened and I remember my mom looked at me and she said that's the best story that I could give you of him that's how good of a man he was and in that moment I said well God you gotta be real and I believe that you've healed things in my own personal life so what I wanna do is that I wanna, pro I wanna produce this in my mom's life I've seen it happen and you healed my life you gotta do it and I remember I turned to her and I said Mima I want you to try something and I'm asking you greater church for those of you that are listening right now I want you to try this I said listen I want you to close your eyes and I want you to envision that moment and she begins to listen and she's like, yeah, I, I can smell that moment. I can draw that moment. I feel that moment. I'm right there. And I said, keep your eyes closed. What I want you to understand is that you understand the pain. You can relive it. She's like, I can tell you every single detail. I see things all over the room. And I said, the one thing that you didn't see was that God was always there that he's actually inside of that room. And if you look close enough, you'll see that God was protecting you and that he was there in the middle of it and that he was saving you. And yo, I remember that my mom just stayed quiet for a second. And all of a sudden, bro, she just burst out in tears. And she says, she looks at me, eyes wide open. And she says, oh my God, I see him. He's in a corner. I see him. I see his feet. I see him standing in the corner. And she was overwhelmed with love that she's crying. And she's like, oh my God, he was there with me. He was protecting me. He was there with me. With tears streaming down her eyes, I began to see that this is not just notes found inside of a book or found inside of a paper or a scripture or this is actually God. He can invest himself in a memory that has been ruined by time, that has been ruined by people, that has been ruined by I lacked you may have even ruined that moment yourself but God can actually step in there and begin to heal it why because God is omnipresent he's omniscient he's no he's not here in 2022 he's actually in 4055 but he's also in 1993 he's also in 1965 he can step out of time he is not bound by time meaning that he is the only one that can go back into a memory and heal it but we have to take it to God not only do we take it to God, but for some of us, it's hard to process these thoughts. And for some of us, we're listening right now. And we're just like, yo, I don't have a lot of those moments. You know, that sounds horrible. What happened to your mom? It's, it's horrible. Things happen to you. It's horrible. The things that have happened to others. But honestly, I don't, I don't really remember times in my life. I know that there's a wound, but I just, I can't figure it out. Well, one of the quick little basic things that I would tell you to do is write your story out. Begin to sit down and just start writing what it is that has happened to you over your life. As you begin to write out your story, little pockets of pain will start falling out. And little areas where you remembered, oh, he didn't invite me to his birthday party. They didn't allow for me to play with them that day. That person moved away. And what seems now to be things that you're just like, ah, oh, this is nothing. It's a little kitty thing. You will begin to see that that actually created rejection inside of you. And God will start exposing it. And he'll start showing you, no, 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 that wasn't a little thing. That actually hurt you. That actually wounded you. And when you believe that God is a healer, when you take it to God, when you begin to actually ask him to invest himself inside, he begins to heal you in such a beautiful way. Number one, I believe today as we talked about it, 
there is this wound that we deal with that is inside of us, that for us to live a big life, we got to get healed. We have to let God inside of there and we have to allow for him to heal this. Number six, if you're taking notes, we already have covered five of them. The fifth one or the sixth one that I want to cover today is overcoming fears. For so long, I have heard this thought, right? What doesn't hurt, what you don't know won't hurt you. What you don't know won't hurt you. Moms, you do that. You put vegetables in your kids' food and medicine inside of there. And you don't tell people certain things because what you don't know won't hurt you. And I want to tell you that that is a truth. That is a real statement. What it isn't is the type of statement that you think it is. Because what you don't know won't hurt you. You're right. It'll kill you. The things that you don't know that you have inside of you, the devil will begin to use these things and harm you and hurt you in such a way. Fear is one of these things. Number six, what we're talking about is overcoming fears. Fear is one of these areas in your life that you don't even know you have it, but it is killing you and hurting you in such a way. Why? Because fear is a vulnerable emotion and it is masked by so many different things. It is masked by anger. It is masked by depression, by anxiety. There are so many different masks that it uses when in reality at the very root of it is fear. I've shared with you the story in my own personal life where I didn't think I had a bunch of fear. I've made some heavy mistakes in my life. I've done some things that if you thought about them, you wouldn't apply the word fear to them. But I understood that my fear was really masked by this bravado, by this authority, this boldness, when in reality I was hiding behind it because I had fear. My fear came from when I was four or five years old. I was living in my house and it was my mom and we had a bunch of people that were living in different rooms and my mom would go to work at seven o'clock in the morning and come back at 11 o'clock at night, sometimes at two, three o'clock in the morning. And me as a young five-year-old, I remember being, we rented a room in the house with a bunch of other people and I'd be scared and I'd keep all the lights on and I'd keep the TV on and I'd be terrified and that fear began to breed inside of me anger. And all of a sudden now I started to get angry and I'm like, I'm not going to let nothing touch me. I'm not going to let nothing hurt me. And then I found myself in a gang. And now I'm allowing for that anger to start kind of being who I am. And what it did was produce hurt after hurt after hurt. And it wasn't until I got to the point that I exposed this to God. And I said, God, I need you to help me with the fear. Because God kept telling you, you have fear. And I'm like, I don't, where do I got fear from? And he showed me when you were five years old, this is what happened to you. And this is where you've masked fear with anger. And it wasn't until that moment that I can begin to heal in that process. And I want to show you some things because when fear is present, number one, something happens. There's an adrenaline rush. Something gets inside of you. It's like, yo, when you get feared, some of us, we fight, we bow up and we get angry. We power up. No, that's not what we're going to do. Or we get, nah, I'm not dealing with this. No, we're not. For some of us, we get big. And for some of us, we flight. Fight or flight. Flight means that you run. I don't want to deal with this. Oh, you're so stupid. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Oh my God, why did you do that? And you leave a situation. You will run from a situation. You will quit a job. You will quit a semester. You will quit a school. You will fly and you will run away from a situation. You don't want to confront fear. Number one, it's fight or flight. When fear is present, you, either, you get this adrenaline rush where you run at it and you're like, you run at it in an unhealthy way or you run away from it. And what you need to understand is that when it's present, there's a, there's a, a, there's a root fear that's there. Something at the very beginning happened. So with me, the anger part, that, that began to show me, ooh, the root fear right now is anger. 
Because what it is is really fear. And there's something there that actually produced it. So, I mean, I'm sorry. The, the root is fear. But the anger is the one that's masking it. So what I started to learn was that, yo, my life was driven by this bravado, by this anger, by this bigness, that in reality, the root of it was fear. And I needed to recognize when anger came out, it's because there's fear there. And then the last one is the manifestation of fear. There's so many different ways that we manifest and you need to notice that because when fear hits you, how do you react? Did you punch a hole in the wall? Did you scream at that person? Did you walk away? What made you feel that way? Why did you throw your phone against the wall? Why did you run? Why did you beat the horn so hard? What is that thing inside of you that fear has produced this manifestation when you recognize fear is in the atmosphere? I see fear around me in that moment I can believe, I believe that you start doing and these next six steps that I tell you will actually help you to overcome fear. Number one, and I'm trying to move quick. Number one is that you have to worship. When you start noticing that fear is there, I got this adrenaline rush. I see the root fear. I got angry. Something is, I got depressed. I got, I got anxious all of a sudden. I'm like, yo, why, why is this happening right now? I got, and I ran away from the situation. I don't want to talk about this. I hung up the phone. When you see those things, the manifestation has showed itself in that moment. Worship is one of the key ingredients and weapons that God has given you that you would pull away from a second. If you're sitting at a table, a round table with your workers, I got to use the bathroom. If you're sitting and having a conversation with your spouse, give me a second. I just give me one second. And that you would walk out and man, if you don't got no headphones, put your phone to your ear. If you can't put your phone to your ear, begin to remember some worship songs and begin to sing those things out and begin to talk to God. I, to worship you, I live to worship you and begin to allow worship to go into your heart. And I promise you that the rejoicing that worship creates produces strength and that God will use that so that you can walk into a season to not be driven by fear and not have your life dictated by fear. Number one is worship. Number two is give a gentle response for some of us we whenever we feel fear stupid we just and it just and it's a knee-jerk reaction that we just get mad and we boo back and it's just angry quick just i'm gonna i'm gonna knock it out i'm not gonna deal with this fear and we no i'm not give a gentle response okay that's cool i understand psalm 41 verse 10 said be still and know that i am god in moments where you are driven by fear don't fight and don't flight in that moment, stand your ground and say, Lord, I love you and I thank you for what you've done and give a gentle anger. A gentle anger is always going to turn away wrath, manipulation, your impulsive behaviors, the ah moments. Those moments are not going to create health. It's going to be you giving a gentle answer. Worship, a gentle answer, fixing your eyes on Jesus. God can be trusted. He is called Emmanuel. God is with us. In moments where we feel like this craziness is happening, you need to take that moment and you need to fix your eyes on Jesus. I remember when you came into my heart. I remember when I didn't have it all figured out and you stepped into my life and you changed me. I remember that moment where everything changed. You need to fix your eyes on the finished work of Jesus. Number four, the redemptive suffering. You have to allow God to redeem your suffering. Remember we talked about it last week, how you can take an old Nova, a 1975 Nova, and you can actually restore it in 2022. And when it is redeemed, when it is paid for, when it is actually restored, all of a sudden now it is more expensive than it was before and it is worth more than what is done before and that there has to be moments in your life where you don't try to numb out the suffering. You don't try to numb out the hurt. You don't try to numb out the fear, but you step into it. God, I'm terrified right now, but I need to face this thing. I need to deal with this thing. 
And when you deal with this thing, God will produce healing out of it. But you got to allow for God to use the suffering, the pain in your life. Number five is that you have to surrender. You have to turn into your, your, your why, God. Why is this happening to me? Turn those things into, Lord, how can you use this? Lord, what can you do with this? Whatever you want to do with this, I surrender it to you. And the last one is that, and, and, and I don't want to miss this incredible word, Peace is often a byproduct of a surrendered heart. There are times where you say, it's no longer why. It's God, how are you going to use this? And in that moment, there's a peace that will flood you. There's a peace that you will feel in your heart and that you'll land and you'll say, God, thank you. And it's a surrendered heart that is a byproduct or that peace is often a byproduct of a surrendered heart. And then number six is that you have to run forward. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing what is right in the face of fear. We have a tendency to run from these things. We have a tendency to fight or flight, remember, and fly away. I'm going to hang up the phone. I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm, I'll quit this relationship. I quit this job. I quit, I quit, I quit, I quit. Don't run from it. Run towards it. Learn to run and learn to find yourself in the comfort, in the peace of God, but find yourself in the middle of it. Don't run away from moments that you, one of the things that I had to deal with that I found that it was fear. God showed me. I was thinking to myself, I'm always, I get so angry or, or I used to, I've done a really good job. I hope better job than this. But whenever I used to have conversations with people where I would have to hold them accountable, where they did something wrong, all of a sudden I would feel like I would get mad and I'm like, all right, look, boo up. Hey man, listen, let's have a conversation, bro. This, this wasn't acceptable what you did. And I always felt like I had to have this bravado. Like I'm going to be the man of this, the alpha in this conversation. I'm going to make sure that you understand that you're wrong. And I didn't understand that that was fear. That that wasn't bravado. That wasn't, you know, boldness. That was fear. And I had to understand in that moment, oh man, I'm stepping into these conversations filled with fear. And it wasn't until I brought to God, it wasn't until I actually started dealing with these things that I understood that. And then what did I do? I started running into those moments. Instead of, I don't want to talk to this person. I got to talk to this person because I need to experience this healing. And little by little, God started breaking down the walls of that boldness and that anger. And God started to do that. Am I perfect? Absolutely not, bro. The truth is, it's going to take one day past a lifetime. One second after you take your last breath, that's when you're going to be a fully healthy person. It's going to be a little while from now. But I believe that God can do the process now if you will allow for him to actually help you. Not only to heal your wounds, not only to help you, and to actually remove and overcome the fears. But number seven, to break the demonic strongholds in your life. This is a heavy one. I preached an entire message around this. And I believe that it's, it's on YouTube, on the Facebook page. And it was somewhere around August 30th of 2020. I believe that I preached this message. Don't be scared. Be set free. And I would hope that you would go back and that you would listen to it. It's on the podcast on Apple and Google Play. But this idea of demonic, breaking demonic strongholds, I think it's huge. I think it's something that we deal with. And believe it or not, you may be dealing with this. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, verse 26 and 27, if you're in anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Watch this. And do not give the devil a foothold. That foothold, that word topos, that means an inhabited place. Don't let your sin, don't let your anger, don't let your sin last too long. 
Don't let the sun go down on it because you're going to give Satan a foothold, a topples. What it means is that you give him ground where he can stand. If you take off the ground and you take it away from me, I'll, I won't be able to stand. I'll fall, right? But if you give me somewhere where I can stand, a foundation, I can actually begin to walk. I can inhabit that place. And what happens is that with our emotions, with things sometimes that happen in our life, we give the devil a foothold. We give him a place to be able to stand in our own personal life. And here are three different grounds that I want to just break down real quick that you allow for you to give Satan. This is how you pour the concrete and make the ground, the level for Satan to be able to stand. Number one is unconfessed sin. First John chapter one, verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Un unconfessed sin. When you're holding it in secret and nobody knows that you're doing that, you're giving Satan a foothold. You're giving him a place to be able to stand, a topples, an inhabited place. He kicks up his feet and he lives in that moment and he's just waiting for that moment. Sometimes that moment comes around once a month. Sometimes that moment comes around every three months. Sometimes that moment comes around every birthday. But Satan brings it around because he has ground and they haven't confessed this. Nobody knows about this. So I'm going to use this. Number one is unconfessed sin. Three different grounds that we give Satan. Number two is secrets. First John chapter one, verse five and seven. This is the message which you have heard from him, Jesus, and declared to you that God is a light. God is a light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sins for some of us we've been walking in the darkness for so long and we act like nobody knows this and we don't even talk to God oh God don't leave this part alone you know, you know I'm just human I just deal with these things I, this is just part of it but God is a light. And if you bring him into the dark areas, not only will he expose the dark areas, but he's going to bring healing to those dark areas. The hope and the desire is that you would allow for God to step into those moments and do not have secrets. Number three. Number one, the three grounds that we give to Satan, unconfessed sin. Number two is secrets. And number three is curses. They're curses that give Satan ground to be able to stand, find position, topples, to be able to inhabit the place. There's generational curses. There are things that have happened in your bloodline, things that have happened in the past that need to be broken. There are family sin patterns that have happened in your life that you have to break. These are curses of different things, divorce lying and you see it in so many different places and anger and fighting for some of us jail for some of us it's drugs we see these things in so many down our lineage it's found in so many places generational curses behavioral patterns that you have to break it for some of us there's religious curses there has been witchcraft that has been spoken over you there have been people that have placed curses upon you there have been different things that have been said over you that you have to break those curses because they give satan a ground but here's what I want to do. I don't want to produce fear in you. 
That's not my desire. That's not my hope. That's not the reason why I'm here. I'm not trying to bring a light to Satan and make him seem like the biggest, strongest, scariest individual in the world. No, it's the opposite of it. What I want you to do is I want to expose these things. I want to bring them to the light so that you can know that God can heal him. Because though there have been curses that have been spoken over you, I want to show you what the scriptures say in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hung on a pole or a tree he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles that's me and you through Jesus Christ so that by faith we might have and receive the promise of the Spirit that we don't have to live under these curses that if we actually allow for God to invade those areas, we confess our sins, we expose our secrets, we break the curses through the power and the blood and the contract that Jesus has given. Today I want you to read, I don't want you to live in fear or be scared. What if I have all of these things inside of me? I want you to, I want to show you that the first contract that was established on your life was way before there was ever even a heaven or earth. Ephesians chapter 1, go back today and read that chapter because in it it talks about a contract that is more stronger than any anyone that you have done because you gave yourself to witchcraft because you went to that seance because you allowed for that thing to head into your life because you have that unconfessed sin because you've allowed Satan into this ground that there is still power found in the name of Jesus and that he has a covenant with you that is older than the covenant that you established with the enemy and that today he wants to break that in you that today God actually wants to not only did he become a curse he hangs on a tree as a curse he not only became a curse but then he went down to where curses originated originated to death hell and the grave and he broke the power of any curse of anything that can bind you and today you can receive that freedom for some of us we read and we've listened to the message and hopefully if you go back if you haven't listened to it then listen to it but these seven different steps in our own personal life we, we, we need to start taking them and we need to start walking them out and creating health in our life so that we can live a big life. But for some of us, this area right here that I landed is probably the one that has hurt you the most. Because you know that there are some things inside of you. There's some unconfessed sin. There's some secrets. There's some curses that have been placed over you. And you know, you feel it. There's something inside of you right now that you're just uncomfortable. I want to, don't log off. This isn't, that's not going to help you. Fight or flight, remember? The fear is popping up again. Do not allow for Satan to have a foothold. In this moment, God wants to break that in your life and he wants to rush in with a flood of grace, with a flood of peace, with a flood of salvation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, in that very moment, he replaces the old covenant of death. And in that very moment, he comes in and he establishes his covenant, his promise, his agreement with you to bring you life. And how do you do that? It's as simple as opening up your mouth and praying. It's as simple as you believing in your heart. Now, here's the truth. I can help you with the praying part, but the believing part, you have to do that on your own. But all over this place, if you've heard me say that a hundred different times, or for a hundred different times, you didn't hear me and you're hearing me for the first time or maybe you're hearing me for the first time in a long time today God wants to invade he wants to come and he wants to care for your soul and he wants to save you today he wants to regenerate your spirit he wants to break all curses he wants to step in and he wants to help and to heal you today I want to give you that opportunity if that's you to say this prayer with me understand this prayer doesn't save you the faith in the God that you're praying to 
is what's going to save you. I'm just giving you some words to be able to recite to the king. Come on, would you say these words with me? Say, Father, thank you for speaking to me. Lord, I believe that you came, that you lived a sinless life, that you died for my sins. Three days later, you came back to life to offer me life. And Lord, I receive it. And I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. My life, Jesus, belongs to you. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. And amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater Church.